Hi, everyone. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by my trusted colleague, Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. Wes, it is our Friday show, our last show of the week, and I actually should begin this show with a little programming note. With the Packers going on their bye week after the Monday night game, against the San Francisco 49ers. We are going to go dark for about a week because Wes has some time off, I have some time off, and instead of having one of us sit here at the desk and talk to the camera, <laughs> we're just going to take a bit of a break, and we will be back with more Packers Unscripted after the bye weekend. So all of that out of the way, Wes, there is a game Monday night at Lambeau Field, Packers against the 49ers, and it's our Keys to Victory show, so where do you want to start with this one? I'm going to go to something that we talked about earlier this week, but I thought uh, Kyle Shanahan had his conference call with Packers reporters on Thursday. And to be honest with you, Mike, and, and I've been doing this now for six, seven, eight years with these conference calls, uh, it was probably one of the best I think I've been a part of in terms of an opposing coach. Uh, he hit it right on the head. It comes down to takeaways, and yeah. it comes down to giveaways. And right now, that is what's really hurting his football team. Now, It'd be really easy, as he said, you know, they, they look at the situation they're in. They lose Jarek McKinnon. They lose Jimmy Garoppolo. They don't know if they're going to have Matt Breida this week. But fact is, they have to protect the football, and they have not done a good job of that the last couple weeks. Minus eight and turn one over differential after that loss against Arizona. Played a big role in them falling behind and, and losing that game. And on the same token, the Green Bay Packers, Mike McCarthy talked about it all week. They have to do a better job of protecting the football. It's the number one thing in this matchup. Who is the team that wins the turnover margin, wins the turnover battle? I think that's the team that leaves Lambeau Field with a victory. Yeah, I think that's what it comes down to as well, based on what these two teams are now focusing on. And with the Packers, it's not only protecting the football, but it's finding some more ways to take the football away on defense. Now, you can get yourself in trouble a little bit. You know, I talked to Tremont Williams about this the other day in the locker room because I've heard from over the years from guys like Nick Collins, Charles Woodson, when a defense is not getting the turnovers that it wants, you can have a tendency to try to chase and make things happen. And that's where you get in trouble. And I think Tremont Williams, a veteran presence in that secondary, knows that you can't try to force it with the turnovers, at least in terms of interceptions and whatnot. Because if, if you blow your assignment right. because you're chasing a play somewhere else, that can really, really get the defense in trouble. So you have to be careful there. But that being said, he also talked about, you know, gang tackling to the ball get to where you're holding up that ball carrier that receiver and then get in there and try to strip the ball out you know right. the first guy who gets there can't try to strip the ball out because that's how you miss tackles but it's it's a team effort here and I'll be curious to see just how the Packers sort of put all of that focus and emphasis into practice on Monday night yeah and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up too because again the 49ers are dealing with the same thing they only have one interception this season yeah uh, and as you know, Kyle Shanahan was talking about, yeah, they've, they've given the ball away too much, but they haven't get, gotten enough takeaways to make up for it either. Yeah. So uh, that, that is the big thing. We heard it all these years. Darren Perry used to talk about it too. You have to be you know, fundamental. You have to trust your technique and, and make the plays when they're available to you and not you know, leave your, your place on the field just to you know, seek glory. So yeah. uh, seeing exactly how that shuffles out is going to be really interesting to watch. And then conversely for the Packers' defense – I mean, the stats don't lie, Mike. Last week they had four, all four of their outside rushers were not able to get to the quarterback, and they got to change that this week. C.J. Yeah. Beathard has two fumbles lost. He's had four interceptions. You can, there is an opportunity there if you can get some pressure on him. We talked about it last week with Matthew Stafford, the type of quarterback he is. You need to keep his feet hot. They were not able to do that. He was able to make enough plays. 
Now you look at this matchup with San Francisco, it's going to be imperative for them to rush that playcock because they are a very unconventional offense with how they use their tight end, how they use their fullback. Uh, and they're going to continue to do things a little bit unusual with all the other injuries that they've occurred at their other skill positions. Yeah, when you talk about turnovers, the way you create bad throws in this league is with pressure, with right. disrupting the quarterback. Obviously, the Packers had some issues earlier in the year with the roughing the passer and all that. We don't need to revisit that. But <laughs> Thank you. When, you, when, you can get, when you can get the quarterback off the spot, when you can hurry him, when you can disrupt his timing, that's when the throws become errant. That's right. when a throw goes behind a receiver or above a receiver, you know, too high, and then your defensive back is there with a chance to get his hands on the ball and make a play. So that's how these things are going to happen. But in terms of maybe some more of those fundamentals on defense, I see this one as you have to find a way to contain George Kittle, this tight end for the San Francisco 49ers. He leads them in pass receptions and yardage by a pretty significant margin. Now, they find different ways to get him the ball. He's not just a middle seam guy at tight end. He'll run corner routes. They'll run screens for him. They'll run him anywhere on the field in order to get him the ball. He's becoming a, a pretty dynamic playmaker for them. I think if you can, if you can contain Kittle in the passing game, I think Bethard might have some difficulty, you know, finding a, a consistent rhythm with his offense, because I think he really relies on this tight end. I thought this was probably one of the better questions I've received this season on Insider Inbox this week. Somebody asking how many players have entered the league uh, you know, in the same draft class, the same combo at Iowa that they were being able to reunite with the San Francisco 49ers. I couldn't really think of many. The one I guess kind of came to mind was like Casey Hayward and, and Sean Richardson. I guess, I mean, if you really want to dig deep, Andy Malumba and Alex Gillette came in the same class. Is there anyone that you, that you thought of when you read well, that Well, with at all? Uh, the, the Packers and their Stanford guys, Martinez right. and Murphy were, right. were drafted. Now, that's different sides of the ball. That's one guy on defense, one guy on offense. But, yeah, it is. I, I mean, there are a handful around the league. But I think what's unique about this is that it's a quarterback it's pass a catcher, end. you yeah. know, quarterback tight end combination here that these guys played together. They're, they're doing exactly together what they did in college, you know, what they're doing now in the NFL. Yeah, and it's just it's, it's so interesting to because listening to Kyle Shanahan talk, the thing that they really like about Kittle is, okay, you can look at his receiving yards this year. You can look at his production last year when he kind of jumped on the scene. But it's what he does when he is not getting the ball. They feel like he's a traditional you know, blocker in that position. He does all the little things you want right out of the tight end. He seems like he's on pace to become a real big playmaker in this league. And certainly they have a familiarity with Beathard. He started, I think, five, six games, whatever it was last year. He has that rapport with Kittle. It seems like he's been able to generate that rapport with the, with the guys around him in that offensive front. And seeing what he can do to generate those opportunities against the Packers defense is, I, I think, ultimately going to be what the 49ers are looking to accomplish in this game. The Packers' task is that, okay, if you do have Kevin King available, it looks like he's going to be good to go despite the chin injury. You have maybe potentially Jair Alexander back. Sounds like the Packers are high on him. Yep. You, you know, Bashad Breeland's practicing this week. Jermaine Whitehead came back this week. He could be a really you know, important piece to this. If you have all your weapons available in the secondary, that's going to be the easiest way for this Packers defense to be able to come back Kittle and Beathard. Yeah, well, the other, the other thing that I see as a big key to this game, and really it applies to both sides of the ball for the Packers, and that's penalties. And we've been talking yeah. about it during the week, how the Packers have been hurting themselves with penalties. And Wes, you know, you look at these two road losses, which are really kind of the, the sore thumb type of games, you know, here for the Packers, Washington and Detroit. 
in Washington on the defensive side of the ball, you had the one drive with just kind of the slew of pass interference, defensive holding, where everybody's technique kind of went out the window on one drive and just handed Washington a whole bunch of yards. On the offensive side of the ball in that game, you had a bunch of penalties as well that were affecting down and distance. The Packers sitting in second and 20 and third and longs and all that because of penalties putting them behind the sticks. Then you go to the Detroit game, the penalties on special teams affected field position throughout that game. The Packers starting so many drives at the 12 or the 15-yard line because of penalties on special teams, one wiping out a big, long kickoff return that would have been a potential momentum shift there for Green Bay. And then the penalties on the defensive side, you had a face mask, you had a taunting, you know, these 15-yard chunks that you're handing the other team with the yellow flags. If the Packers can clean up the technique and just clean up that part of their game, I think they make their own lives so much easier because they're going to make life more difficult for their opponent. And here's the thing, Mike. You know this. I know this. No team in the history of the National Football League has ever gone a season without a penalty. <laughs> they happen. They you're going to catch some bad yeah. breaks. Clay Matthews caught a bad break. Lane Taylor on his holding call, which to me still looked like a pancake Absolutely. all those weeks ago, was a bad break. Absolutely. Those situations are going to happen, but it's the ones that you can control taunting penalties to some extent the the unnecessary roughness stuff to some extent there's yeah. a varying degree yeah. of definition on that now but but blocking in the back on a exactly. punt kickoff return that's Being an avoidable smart. penalty right. you, you that that that's about discipline and yeah. and those kinds of things can't continue to happen because Putting Aaron Rodgers on the 30-yard line versus putting him on the 15-yard line, the percentages of a scoring drive go way up. I mean, it's it's opinion. like, you know, the Revolutionary War, right? Do you want to have your cannonball at the back of the line <laughs> of defense, or do you want to have it out in the front? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> you want to have that thing on the front. You want to make some noise. That's the thing that Aaron Rodgers gives you. If yeah. you can give him field position, we've seen it, Mike. You can go back over the years, since 2009 at least, the times in which the Packers have gotten the ball to Aaron Rodgers off a turnover on defense, how often that equates to points, how often that equates to victory. The same thing holds true on special teams. You look at the years like 13 and 14, some of the plays that Micah Hyde made, some of the plays that you know, uh, you know, know, Trevor Davis made last year in these sure. returns. Ty Montgomery's had his moments. Those things all help your bottom line. So, yeah, it's something you have to clean up. I know it's going to be heavy emphasis. Fundamentals are so important to this team and this franchise. So you would think that that's something that the Packers are really heavily preaching this week as they go into a game against the San Francisco 49ers, which I'm always hesitant to call anything a must-win in the first eight weeks of the season because of 2016 yeah, in particular. We all know. But it, it is a critical game at a critical yep. time that could change the narrative going into this bye week. Yeah, I agree with you. I think this is this is as close to a must-win as you get in the middle of October just based on where the Packers are right now, the way they've had their ups and downs, the way they're playing, and then with what you have on the schedule coming up after the bye week. Now, we heard from quarterback Aaron Rodgers after practice on Thursday, and he didn't make any you know grand run-the-table pronouncements or anything like that, but he did say he doesn't feel like this team is that far off. And, right. and what he feels, and it's another thing that we've talked about that everybody in the Packers locker room has talked about, is getting past these slow starts and starting games faster. And Rodgers basically said something very similar to what he said two years ago in the whole run the table thing late in 2016, is that if the offense gets off to a faster start and can take a lead, can get points on the board early, 
everything about the whole outlook with the rest of the team changes. Then the offense isn't playing from behind. The defense with a lead, you've got Mike Pettin and all of his different uh, personnel combinations and, and potential blitz packages that you could send at the quarterback. Aaron Rodgers said this offense needs to lead from out in front. He's yeah. putting it on himself. He's putting it on the offense to be the leading unit of this team right from the get-go on Monday night. And if they can get that accomplished, then that potentially becomes the formula for how you try to win some of these road games down the road. Yeah, as well. he, he even used the Brewers as an analogy yeah. with that, saying that that's a, they're a great example of a team that just let momentum carry them. They built some up and they got rolling. And that is one of the most powerful elixirs in this game <laughs> is if you can get you know momentum on your side and just get that inner confidence going. Uh, the thing I really liked, there was two things I liked about one, Rodgers' comments, and also going back to what Kyle Shanahan talked about. First, starting with Rodgers, He's right. I, I wish we had more time that you and I could go back and look to see the when the Packers get the ball in that first offensive possession, they score and they get a first down. How often that equates to points and how often that translates to victory? Because it just does seem like when they start fast, everything hits on the right cylinders. The the water on the sideline tastes sweeter. Everybody's feeling better, and the, the conditions just seem perfect for for a victory. But on the other side of it, I thought Kyle Shanahan was just heap praise on Mike Pettin, saying that this guy is one of the best defensive coordinators there is. They don't get much better than him. And to be honest with you, Mike, I know there's been some ups and downs here in these first five, six weeks, but as I mentioned earlier this week, Packers right now are fourth in total defense. You know, they're second against the pass. I mean, they're doing things right, mm -hmm. despite not everyone always being available, despite the pass rush not always getting home. There are enough playmakers on that defense in enough, you know, scheme to allow them to, to fully – sort of reach their potential, that they've kept the Packers in these games. Win, lose, or tie, they haven't been just completely blown out of the water. Yeah. They've always had a chance until the very end, and that is a credit to Mike Pettin and the way that the defense has responded to certain situations. Yeah, to me, the defense has had really one rough stretch of the season, and it was really from the start of about the start of the fourth quarter of the Minnesota right. game through the first half of the Washington game. Yep. Other than that, you you look at the point you look at the points allowed the points in the opening game against the Chicago Bears a lot of that was by turnovers the offense created uh, the offense giving the ball away same thing in Detroit the the turnovers that gave the Lions short fields and opportunities to score points this this defense has played some pretty darn good football with the exception of I would say four quarters the fourth quarter the overtime in Minnesota and the first two quarters in Washington now. You can't fall back into another one of those ruts. You can't, you have to you have to build on what no, the you defense have to get has better. done. You're right. Yeah, you have yep. to build on what the defense has done. And I think part of Rogers' point is they really will get an opportunity to build on what they've done if the offense is leading from the front and giving them a lead to yep. work with, especially into the second and third quarters. And let's be real, Mike. The the San Francisco 49ers, they just they aren't right now the creme de la creme of that division. The Packers are going to see it in about two and a half yeah. weeks right now yep. with the Los Angeles Rams, one of the most high-potent, high-scoring offenses in the league. You're going up against a backup quarterback, likely a third-string running back, depending on whether or not Brady is able to play, and a team that, in essence, has had its share of ups and downs. If you're the Packers and you're at home, you have to set the tone with that. You have to defensively 
take this opportunity to continue to build on that performance because there's a juggernaut waiting for you down the line. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying you look past the San Francisco 49ers, but you've got to take care of business in this game yeah. because you're going to need your best effort to go into the L.A. Coliseum and, and come up with a win in two weeks. Yeah, I agree with you totally there, Wes. And speaking of taking care of business, when we look at what's going on elsewhere in the NFL here in week six, Packers and Vikings are tied at 2-2-1 two, two, and one for second place in the NFC North behind the Chicago Bears, who are 3-1, and one, only have four games in the books. They're coming off their bye. Chicago, an interesting game. They're going down to Miami. Now Chicago is coming off the bye. They've got their rest. A couple weeks ago, Miami was 3-1 and one and lining up for a game against a Patriots team right. that had lost a couple games, and everybody was wondering just where things were headed in the NFC East. Well, the Patriots took care of business against the Dolphins, and then the Dolphins went to Cincinnati and kind of stunk up the field, quite frankly, yeah. in, in giving one away to the Bengals. So now all of a sudden Miami is 3-3, three and three and they're fighting to, to keep their season afloat in that NFC East with the Patriots uh, starting to catch fire a little bit. An interesting game here with Chicago going down to Miami. Obviously Vikings, uh, Vikings and Packers fans will be uh, rooting for Miami to hand Chicago a second loss. Yeah, they'll be cheering for Adam Gase in this one. The <laughs> other thing I enjoyed too, I'm kind of like Pavlov's dog now. So when you're like, oh, it's time to care. I thought we were going into a sponsor read when you're like, oh, we got to oh. talk about some business here. Like I was just Sorry. already zoned into that. But that being said, no fri Fridays I get to skip. Yeah, the sponsor I know. No stuff, sponsors, so, yeah. just business. Uh, <laughs> you're right. This is a really important game for Adam Gase and in the Dolphins, trying to show that okay, we got off to a really strong start. We are this team. It wasn't by coincidence. It wasn't by fluke. But now they're taking on a Chicago Bears team that the you know they're kind of whistling a different tune at this point and kind of feeling good about where they're at. Sands the last thirty minutes of that game against the Packers. So. That's going to be a big one here. The Packers, the AFC really needs to help out Green Bay a little bit here. When you look at, you know, the Packers are going to have a, a tough matchup with, you know, New England and some other matchups. Obviously, they're going to get Miami at home. You're going into the New York at the end of the season and winter. So it, it's, a, it's a very heavy second half of the schedule for them. So, yeah, if you can have Miami come out there and maybe get a big win over Chicago here, you know, knock them down a few pegs. But personally, Mike, I mean, this this where things stand right now with Minnesota, from here on out, I'm going to be really interested to watch because, you know, now Arizona, even though, you know, they still, I think, are in most power rankings are considered near the bottom. Yeah. Well, so were the Buffalo Bills when they went into U.S. Bank Stadium. Yep. So if Josh Rosen leading that thing, can they get David Johnson going? All big questions, and certainly I do think they have a defense that can compete. It's just a question of what they're going to get offensively. Yeah, well, with, with Arizona going into Minneapolis to face the Vikings, I'll just say this. If, if, if the Vikings lose this game, I will give up trying to figure out anything about that team because, yeah. because let's face it, the Vikings are better than the Buffalo Bills. And, you know, if there, if there was a day where, you know, I mean, anybody can have a bad day. Maybe you overlook an opponent. I don't like to say that too much in the NFL because I really think that's overused at times. But the Vikings are not going to get caught by an underdog at right. home again. I just, don't, I just don't see that. Now, if the Cardinals do, then the, the Vikings are going to be reeling a little bit because they're going to be like, what in the world is going on here? Because because that U.S. Bank Stadium is supposed to be a pretty darn right. tough place to play. It's been a tough place to play for the Packers since it was built. 
But uh, Minnesota looking at this as well as, okay, this this is their, you know, they, they beat the defending Super Bowl champions last week on the road. Minnesota is now like, okay, we get our next win, we get above 500, and here we go. We're going to make our charge to defend the division title. Yeah, it's, it's one of these things that if Minnesota loses us, you kind of are what you are at this point at 2-3-1. Mm-hmm. and one. I think another team, we were talking about Philadelphia last week, well, they get a chance to go up against the Giants and they take care of business. They're back to 3-3. Three and three. I don't think anyone has any illusions about you know them not being the team that everybody thought they were. They just need to get a victory. Minnesota's in the same you know situation right now. In general, I think this is an important week. I know it seems like all five weeks before this, I've talked about you know this importance and pulling away and, and kind of getting out to a good fast start. But you know, Kansas City against New England is a big game. That Pit- was Pittsburgh's trying to rally back, you know, and, and go up against Cincinnati. Yeah, the Bengals are four and one, and they get the Steelers at home. Yeah. That's a that's a big game in the AFC North. They're trying to lay siege to that division, and, and me personally, I think the game I'm most interested to watch is Tampa Bay and Atlanta. Atlanta desperately needs a victory right now to one change. And f- one and four for the Falcons through five games. Right, to change the direction of their season. In Tampa Bay, things have kind of gone south quick after the first two games of this year. So it's a really important week, but first and foremost, the Green Bay Packers, Monday night football, yeah. San Francisco 49ers with the bye on the horizon. Got to do it. Yeah, real quick, what do you think about that, what everyone's calling an AFC playoff preview there between the Chiefs and the Patriots? What do you think there? It's a big test. In Foxborough. It's a big test because uh, the game changes. You know what it's like in Foxborough. It's not, mm. I'm not trying to make it sound like it's century link, but it, it, there's just a different feel there. You and I both been the in that The headsets will probably go out at yeah, some point. that too. <laughs> Good one. Sorry. Um, no, but Kansas City, man, they're giving up points and they're scoring points. What's going to give here? Yeah. Is it going to be the 41-year-old you know, Tom Brady, five-time Super Bowl champion? <laughs> or is it going to be this, this enigma? in what you look at Patrick Mahomes has done early yeah. this season. It's a really exciting matchup. Unfortunately, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it on Sunday evening, but that being said, I'll be really interested to see what the outcome is. Yeah, all right. Well, with that, we will call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted and remind you as well, we will be off for about a week coming back after the Packers bye weekend. But with that, on Twitter, he's at Wes Hod. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We will see you next time.